0: The power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
0: there's joy in
1: every journey. Let's get to DeGrom. So the velocity is not a concern. I know he's been throwing less 100, less 101. Look, he's still feeling 97-98, and maybe that's being done on purpose. I'm not positive. Jacob deGrom struggled for one very important reason, and it was obvious. He did not have the command of his slider. He did not have his fastball command. When you look back at 2018, 2019, 2020, and last year, in which Jacob deGrom was having a Kofaxian four-year run, the best part of Jake's game was his insane command. The velocity gets a lot of attention. I understand the bite on a slider gets a lot of attention. I understand swing and misses swinging. Mi- I, I get all that. We all know how brilliant all that stuff is. But the thing I marveled the most at is he was a video game. He would throw that slider right on the edge of a strike zone. He'd throw that fastball right on the bottom of a strike zone. And what you saw on Saturday was him missing and him missing consistently. And I'd be the first guy to rip Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez was not squeezing Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom was missing. That's what it came down to. And what we're also used to is that when DeGrom has a shaky inning, which he's had, he always seems to make that adjustment. So when DeGrom gave up the four runs in the bottom of the first inning, and I get it, Jeff McNeil falling down was a huge play in this game, the ball was still hit hard. Let's not act like, oh. Can you believe Jeff McNeil fell down? Look, he also got a line drive right uh, where Pete Alonso made a diving play that saved him of two runs. So I'm not, I'm not, there will be no part of me that woe is me's Jacob DeGrom from Saturday. He doesn't deserve it. He sucked. And I love the guy, but let's just all be honest about that. Let's not make excuses that all Jeff McNeil falling down changes the game. No, it doesn't. Why would it change the game? Because they don't score those runs in the first inning. Look what they did to him in the third inning. Look what they did to him in the fourth inning. He wasn't good. The ball was being smoked constantly. But when he got through that first inning, and got through it, I mean, did he really get through it? He gave up four runs, gave up the entire lead. But when the inning finally ended and he pitched a one-two-three second inning, in which you could still tell his command wasn't perfect, but strikes out a couple of guys, one, two, three inning, and that was right after the Mets retied the game when Vientos hit the home run. So it was a nice shutdown inning. I was convinced. All right. He'll go pitch three more scoreless innings, and he'll finish the day, five innings, four runs. We could say it's a terrible performance because he gave up four runs, but we'll commend him that he settled down. The Mets will score a bunch of runs. They'll win the game anyway. When he gives up the home run to Seth Brown and then issues another walk that he wasn't that close on to Sh- to Langoliers. And then he commits a four-pitch walk with two outs and nobody on in the fourth inning. I I am stunned. I think we all are. He was very, very bad. And I think what's so stunning for me and for you and for everybody watching, and probably brings up alarm bells, is that we have not seen a performance like this from him in years. And I guess sometimes your success kind of makes that bar so high that when you do have a bad performance, we all think, oh, my God, he must be hurt. Oh, my God, he's not the same guy. And I, and I engaged with a guy who tweeted at me. It was a direct message, so no one saw it. It was all private. Where he said, Jacob deGrom has proven he's not an ace. And I, I don't know why it triggered me. I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, if you want to bring up the point, hey, I'm concerned about Jake, or I may not even want to pay Jake which I don't think this is the time to discuss it, but okay, fine. Those are all debate or Max Scherzer should pitch game one. That's a great debate. If you want to argue Max Scherzer is better, you should argue that. I have no problem with that and we'll discuss it coming up. Who should start game one? It is a fine debate. There are a lot of things we could discuss around the Grom struggles, but to actually say that to me, and when I wrote back, I figured he was just triggering me. He was just trying to get a response. I went at it with this guy for like 15 messages and Ace figures out a way to get through it to the point where, and I didn't want to do this. I'm bringing up Max Scherzer's start two years ago against the Padres when he gave up a grand slam to a relief pitcher. And I say to the guy is that (laughs) I'm like killing Scherzer, and I don't want to kill Scherzer. I just, I got into that, that ethos of debating if DeGrom's an ace which is the stupidest argument one could have. DeGrom sucked on Saturday. And if you want to be concerned moving forward, you should because guess what? In his previous performance, he struck out everybody and then ran into trouble in the sixth inning and O'Neal Cruz hit a ball that's still going. And in a start before that, he had one real bad inning against the Cubs and gave up 3 runs. So you could look at Jake's last 3 performances and say, "Hey, This guy's given up three, plus three, plus five. He's given up 11 runs in his last three starts. I don't think he gave up 11 runs all last year. So, yeah, absolutely fair game to look at what's happened over his last three games and say, "Uh uh-oh, should I be worried? Because guess what? I'm worried, and I'm a DeGran stan, because we haven't seen Jake struggle like this. Are you worried, Pete?
2: All right. So first of all, there's a couple of things you said that, that, that triggered me a little bit. Uh, I triggered I, you. Uh-oh. Yeah, you did. You did. Go. Go. So first, first of all, am I concerned? Yeah. We've talked about stretching him out. We've talked about getting deeper into games. He really hasn't pitched ultimately amazing, but I know that you can't defend everything that happened on Saturday, but I will defend a couple things. First of all, We've seen DeGrom struggle in the past, and he battles, and that's what he does. And he was missing his mark. No one's going to take that away. He was walking guys. He was doing it. But Angel Hernandez still sucks. And that Sean Murphy walk on five pitches, four of those were actually strikes. Four of those were over the so. plate. I, I looked think at think so. I looked at the stat tracker. They're in the zone. And, and, and for Angel Hernandez to pinch Jacob DeGrom for any matter, like – when when does a pitcher earn that strike zone? Like Jacob Degrom, out of anybody, earns it and deserves it. I've seen. Uh, we, we talked about the the Maddoxes, the Clavins, uh, the Smolts of years. They they earn those strike zones. Jacob Degrom earns the strike zone at all times. So if you look at the Sean Murphy, five pitches, four of the four of them. To me, looked like they were clear-cut strikes. If anything, they were painted the corner. But you gotta give them to, to DeGrom. That's the first thing. Angel Hernandez still sucks, which is why he got pissed, which is why DeGrom made a point of going at him. Okay. So now if he wants to. Hold come on, back hold to, on.
1: I have to counter that with something.
2: He came back I, and said that he came back and said that he
1: he he made a mistake. Yes. DeGrom came back after he looked at these pitches during the half inning break and said, Hey, I was wrong, Angel. You were right. Yeah,
2: but that's called PC. Because guess what, I know ball players who have I've talked to them about Hernandez, they are very PC about it because they still got to work with the guy. That's I his fucking job. I,
1: that you know what? That's a it is very fair. I I actually will accept that answer. That maybe Jake doesn't believe it. He just realizes, hey, I I got to work with this guy. I never know when I'm going to need him again. I agree. A lot of those pitches were close. I think there may have been one pitch that you could say was a strike the rest of them were below they were below the strike
2: zone bro they were close but they weren't strikes but 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 even if even if you got those say if he got those calls because I think he deserves them personally speaking I think he's that great of a freaking pitcher where he earns the strike zone he's earned it for his entire career that being said you gotta you gotta incorporate the McNeil misplay in there too because normally, typically, DeGrom can battle back through things, but if you have Angel Hernandez not helping you at all, and you got a misplay in the outfield, that's why the inning got blown right, up the, as oh, much as it well, did.
1: That's that inning, but what about Seth Brown hitting oh, a home run on the first pitch? I, I won't what about deny, in the fourth stuck. inning? And what about in the fourth inning when they're second and third and two out? And if it's not for Pete Alonso making a diving catch, this line's even worse. He gives yeah. up seven runs instead of five runs. Oh, he
2: Oh, he! Oh, he sucked. And and But, but again, if, he, if those other things happened, we would have been like, you know, it was a gutty performance. He battled through it. He Even when he's not on, he always finds a way to be on. That, that, that's what we would have said. That's what we would have said. He was terrible. We, we, he's, he's had moments like this, but you can't beat the umpire and McNeil on top of it. You just you, If the the to have an off day, he can't have other people have an off day still.
1: Listen, I, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying about a pitcher earning a strike zone because, quite frankly, the strike zone should be the same for everybody. It always pissed me off when Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and Tom Glavin had an extra inch outside that were called. Look, benefit of the doubt should go to the better pitcher, I guess, but I want the strike zones to be the same. And unfortunately, Jacob deGrom was just missing in that first inning. I mean, he walked, bro, he walked four guys in this game. Jacob deGrom never walks anybody. I mean, it it was bad. bad. he, He came into the start with four walks. All right, going back to the start against the Pirates. Going back to the start against the Cubs, he has faced three really bad baseball teams in a row, and I think we'd all agree, outside of the first four innings against the Pirates, where he did he dominated, no one could take anything away from him. He threw a ton of pitches, couldn't put guys away, but dominated for four innings or five innings, runs into trouble in the sixth inning, gives up three. He's given up 11 runs to the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Athletics. That's just a fact.
2: It's not good, and it's not like, well... Let's see if what he does the next start because the next starts against the Braves. That's is like, it? It's, it's the Braves and then playoffs. There's no like more wiggle room. So there is that's the only concern I have is if the Braves start is not his typical vintage DeGrom, that's when you could talk about Scherzer takes the mound for game one and then we'll see what we could do with DeGrom.
1: Yeah. So he's got one start left. Obviously, as you said, it's against Atlanta. I <laughs> I'm not going in there with as much confidence as I think we all would have had. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. I mean, let's face it. I think two weeks ago you look at or a week ago, you look at Jake in Atlanta and say, oh my God, I feel so good about this. It's tough to feel good. And it's not the guys barely pitched over the last year. We have to acknowledge that he's made 10 starts in the last year plus because of missing so much time that he missed in 2021. How much of his struggles are rust? I don't know. I think the problem is he comes back in his first five or six starts. He looks like the same guy. You know, I remember talking to Craig on the air about what to expect from Jacob DeGrom. And he even said, you know, Craig's opinion wasn't, it was probably to bust my balls, but a lot of it was he can't be the same guy. He can't be the guy who had a 109 ERA. You know, he could still be good, could still be very good, but he's not going to be that guy. And I think in his first few starts, it was easy to think, we got the same guy. We got it. And if it's not the guy from 2021, that's okay. It's the guy from 2018 that was incredibly dominant. And, you know, I think now it's fair going into his last start of the regular season, assuming no injury pops up, because that's the other thing that happens after a start like this. You worry, uh-oh, is there anything wrong with him? Because I think back to a game in 2016 against the San Francisco Giants. It was right as the Mets were about to get hot. They were under 500. They were going through that season where it looked like, "Ah, are they really in the wild card race? And they got hot in San Francisco. Joanna Cespedes had a big series. Mets had a huge close to the season, won the wild card, home field advantage, and we all know what happened. They played the Giants again and lost, obviously. The first game of that series, The Mets handed DeGrom like a 4-0 lead. And Jake got lit up, I think, in the 4th and 5th innings. And it started this stretch of games where Jake did not pitch well. Then it comes out, he's hurt, missed the rest of the season. Mets were an injury-riddled team down the stretch of that season. They had no Matt Harvey. They had no Jacob DeGrom. Their rotation was essentially Noah Syndergaard, uh, Bartolo Colon, Seth Lugo, and Robert Gazelman. So the blown lead, the batting practice, made me think, of that San Francisco game, and what it ultimately led to was him being hurt. So, assuming he's healthy, assuming there's nothing physically wrong with him, you know, we got one more tune up, and you just have to hope that DeGrom can self correct because he's always been a guy that's talked about analyzing his mechanics and fixing mistakes. And sometimes he fixes these mistakes mid game. You hope that Jacob DeGrom is able to figure out whatever the hell ailed him whether it was simply a mechanical issue that led to his struggles but look we don't have a huge sample size of Jacob deGrom pitching it's 10 starts the last three against bad teams have been average at best so what should our confidence be going into his final start of the regular season it's tough to be extremely confident meanwhile Max Scherzer comes back off the injured list he pitches six perfect innings Wasn't razor sharp against the A's in the finale of this series, but guess what? Six innings, one run. If you're thinking right now, Max Scherzer's our best pitcher, how could I argue with you? Because I'm not debating the stats of the last three years. They don't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters is right now, and right now, I admit this, Max Scherzer's their best pitcher. Right now, who do you trust in a winner-take-all game more, Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom? It would be Max Scherzer. And here's the number one element, Hoff, and then respond. Max Scherzer's pitched on three days rest many times in his career. Jacob DeGrom has never done that. So whenever you think about where to line guys up in the playoffs, when it comes to Max Scherzer, and I would do the same with Garrett Kolf on the Yankees, by the way, I always think, how can I use him as a weapon on short rest? Because I know he can do it.
2: This is why I praise the... Ownership and management for being aggressive in the offseason because this is a great problem to have. You have yourself now. DeGrom is, is one of the best pitchers of all time, and he may not be himself for the playoffs, but yet you have that Max Scherzer to rely on. 100%, he's your game one starter. And to be fair, if Chris Bass is pitching the way he is right now, I'd almost trust him in a game two. I know it's that, that's, that's almost like, you know, um, I know people will criticize that comment, but can you really? Because Chris Bassett's starts have gotten you length, they've gotten you quality starts. He's got you have to put you have to consider him being above the at this point, and that's a great problem to have because the ownership was aggressive.
1: Well, I, I would use the point you just made against you. Actually, that Chris Bassett's a more reliable innings eater, which is absolutely true. But I would use it against you by saying. Game three makes more sense for Chris Bassett if you're in a divisional series. Let's just—we're talking best of five. Best of three is completely different. In a best of five, I want the guy who can eat innings pitching game three because I got no more off days. I got a game four the next day, and I got a game five right after that. So, if your point is, which is fair, Bassett can get me eight. I, I'm, I don't know what I'm getting out of Jake. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's six. It makes more sense to have the innings eater pitching in game three. I—I I think that the Atlanta series is really going to help us kind of figure out what needs to be done. Because I think if DeGrom dominates, DeGrom is the old Jacob DeGrom against the Atlanta Braves in game two of that three-game series. And I'm assuming Buck's not going to fiddle with the rotation. And it's Bassett, DeGrom, Scherzer. If DeGrom is great on that Saturday night, I think all the concerns we're talking about right now go away. Because you are facing an elite offensive team. You go from facing the Cubs, Pirates, and A's to facing the Atlanta Braves. If he struggles, and he, and, and I guess it depends. What, what do we mean by struggle? Is he getting knocked out in the fourth inning? I mean, if that's the case, it would be panic city when it comes to how to handle Jacob DeGrom. If it's six innings, two runs, I think we're like, okay, quality performance. But here's why I still lean towards Jake in game one, despite everything. If I use DeGrom in game one, I got Max Scherzer in game two. I lose game one, great. I got Max to try to even the series up. I win game one, great. I got Max chance to go up 2-0. It doesn't really freaking matter. Either way, I got Max Scherzer in game two. I got Bassett in three. I got Carrasco in four. And now I've got both guys for game five. I've got DeGrom on regular rest, and I've got Scherzer on short rest. I've got the tag team of Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in game five now logically you're going to start the guy on full rest okay but i got max as the first guy available out of my bullpen if i do it the other way which i get it scherzer game one starter it should be him you don't have Degrom in all likelihood for a game five is he coming back on short rest and even if the mets decide hey eff it he's a free agent at the end of the year he's coming back on short rest do you have confidence it's not anything he's ever done before. Now, look, Scherzer hasn't been perfect on short rest. I want to make something clear. If I started giving you all of his stats on three days rest, even two days rest, which he's done, there are mixed results to it. But he's done it. And he's Max freaking Scherzer. And hopefully after the lessons from last year where he had his dead arm in the NLCS, that Max is feeling the best he's ever felt. So unless the Grom's a disaster in Atlanta, And again, I'm not making the point Jake's better. He's not right now. Scherzer's better. I just think based on the way the off days are, I want Max Scherzer available for game five. I want both guys available for game five. And if you do Scherzer game one to Grom game two, you don't have both guys available for game five.
2: I'll buy into that reasoning. But again, I want to be able to take game one and I want the best pitcher available. And if if that happens to Max Scherzer, go for it. That's how, that's how I feel. and Because, again, in re- reality, if he's going to pitch Game 5 on, on on full strength or whatever, I'd prefer a full Max Scherzer than DeGrom, who you're not really sure what you're going to get. and comes yeah. in early. So what really, really sucks is
1: that in the normal world that we used to live in, where there wasn't a lockout, where they didn't condense the schedule, they would play 1-2 off day, 3-4 off day, Game 5. And what I always loved about that is you start your best two pitchers, game one and two, and both guys would have regular rest for game five. So you'd have an option. Basically, you'd have a choice. Um, I'm trying to remember who the guys were, but the Oakland A's were playing the Detroit Tigers. You could look this up. The A's were playing the Tigers in a five-game series. And Bartolo Colon started game one for the Oakland A's against, I think, Justin Verlander. And Colon didn't pitch well. And the guy who pitched game two, may have been Sonny Gray. It it was some young stud who turned out to be really good. Pitched really, really well in Game 2. And when they got back to Game 5, they had a choice. And it was an easy choice at that point because the guy who had pitched Game 2 had pitched so much better than Cologne who pitched Game 1. And so the Tigers won the series anyway. Turned out not to matter. I think Verlander outdueled whoever I'm thinking about. It may have been Sonny Gray. I forget who it was. It was... It was about 10 years ago. The Tigers and A's were playing an American League Divisional Series. But you had the option. And if we were living in that world, I, I'd i say I don't care who starts game one. It's fine. I got either guy ready for game five. You saw who the guy was. Was it Sonny
2: Gray? Yeah, you nailed it. It was Cologne pitched game one, Gray pitched game two. And then game five, they chose to go gray and he did. They it.
1: chose gray because here's this kid. He pitched really well in game two and they said, let's go. Now, obviously, this isn't a kid situation. This is a veteran situation. But I think we are, as fans, going to feel start to start about the status of Jacob DeGrom because he hasn't been really dominant in his last three starts. And I feel weird saying that. He was dominant in the Pittsburgh game. He just ran, he ran out of gas, is essentially what happened to him in that game. But the problem is. Run out of gas in the sixth inning against the Pirates? I guess that's the ultimate issue, that he threw a lot of pitches. He came out for the sixth inning after five brilliant innings and quickly put two guys on base and gave up a home run to O'Neill Cruz. Look, I love Jake. We just have to be honest. We all have to be honest with each other right now. And uh, Saturday in Atlanta next week, that's going to tell us a huge story. Again, assuming Buck doesn't alter the rotation, and I wouldn't. I would not. They have two off days this week.